0: Five, six, seven. 6, 7, grab your umbrella, grab a hold of me, because I'm your favourite fella. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast where we take the elevator and talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to give you something, one more time, in the Hottest 100. My name is David J. K. Young. I am one of the four voices you are going to be hearing for the next hour or so, baby, joining me once again,
1: it's Adam Buncher. Can I be fella number two?
0: Yeah, goddamn yes. right you can. Called it, sucked in, <laughs> fellas three and four. Nathan Harrison. Hmm, I'll be like fella ten. I'm
2: like, you know, Whoa. yeah, whatever. In the hierarchy <laughs> of fellas. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's still three billion other fellas. So <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay, true. There's
0: five more just in New South Wales. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And Andrew McDonald. Happy to be here. I don't
3: need a number. So You're damn right. I'm just a humble, like, yeah, don't need numbers. Common or garden fellow. Yeah, can garden can, I, can fella. I give
0: you a number? Well, you have three options. 69, 311, 420. 420. Hell yeah. That's what's up. That's still pretty good at all. Um, exactly. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 3 yeah. billion speaking of, <laughs> speaking of 420, we are about to blaze it. At number 65 it's the return of Ash this is burn baby burn
1: baby wants milky to just put out the burning. yeah <laughs> yes. any any liquid will do <laughs> but
0: milk is
2: probably like soothing you know
1: yeah you in this
0: making their return to the Triple J Hottest 100, coming in at number 65 in the 2001 countdown with the song Burn, Baby Burn. This follows on from our previous discussion of them back at number 83 when we talked about the song Shining White. Now, Nathan, you have been primarily indifferent towards... uh, Record. That's kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to towards Northern Irish rock band Ash. Where do you stand on what is actually one of their bigger, slash more popular songs? Yeah,
2: which it makes sense. Like this is a very catchy mm. pop song. This is the fourth time and the last time we're talking about Ash. Yeah, oh, Captain, yeah, yeah, my yeah. captain. <laughs> and I think I've figured them out Okay Oh, Here we go They're not a real band ah. <laughs> They were written for a film Like a kind of early 2000s rom-com college-y film mm. And so they've been just created by a bunch of writers This probably gets played at the end But they also played in the bar when the, first two ca- like the main two characters meet
0: And this ah, plays at yeah. the end as well So they're not real I'm not saying they're bad. I kind of think they're bad, but this. Were you kind of like opting the idea of them like kind of being like the monkeys, where it's just like they start out as a fictional band and then eventually like they're just like no, we want we want this band for ourselves. No, I think they're still not real. Oh, Um, okay. I think Triple J just
2: played the songs Uh. off the soundtrack. It's something like Never Been Kissed or whatever. Uh, Ah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. They're just like the background band. I guess four songs. The writers were like, that's enough. No, yeah. maybe there was a sequel and the writers were like, Oh, it'd be right. fun to bring same band back.
0: Well, you heard it here first, Ash, Crisis Actors.
1: Yeah. And I can verify this because right. because my notes <laughs> And you can check this. The the bit that I had prepared was saying, like, they sound like they're a band in, like, a teen Disney film. Exactly. Where Mm. the protagonist's crush is, you know, like, he's the lead singer of the band. And in this one particular scene, they're all playing together and smiling at one another and, like, nodding their (laughs) heads.
2: I've got here my notes, but they're not a real band. They're a plot device that makes you think, all right, like a real band.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's Ash. That has to be true.
2: This song is just so... Exactly what this kind of song sounds like, right? It's yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's fun enough,
1: but you know, whatever. Yeah, I listened to it yesterday. I can't remember what it sounds like. I'm referring to my notes, the things that I wrote down to say, and I'm leaning so heavily on that because, it, like, <laughs> don't ask me to talk about a single. I couldn't element. hum it. No, <laughs> go no, to no. my head. Uh, hang on, hum. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah,
2: I, I remember. There's there's a cool... <laughs> I remember the stop, like I remember the bit that isn't any (laughs) song
1: I remember the bit where there's no music I'm with you both here Would you like to hum your favourite part of the song, Andrew?
2: Just did (laughs) The chorus ends on like suicide or something But I really think gun to my head or gun to, like, my family's head,
0: I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I can't. (laughs) Well, the problem is, if someone asked me to sing Burn, Baby, Burn, I would immediately go to Disco Inferno by the Tramps. Burn, baby, burn.
1: Disco
0: Inferno. Yeah, you get it. Disco Inferno. I, it's, there a, is, it's a jam. It's a great
1: song. Th- they played themselves. Tears. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry, Mum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: I can't remember it. <laughs> Bad baby, <but laughs> I can only remember the stop. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, you mentioned like suicide, and, and so it's actually kind of it's kind of dark. I th- like, it's, I think so. It's about a um, it's a breakup that lead singer Tim Wheeler went through with the first girl he ever lived with. Sorry, sorry, did- sorry.
0: Tim Wheeler. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Classic character name. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
1: Who do you reckon plays it? Dude, we should cast Ash. Oh, that's good. Well, they're Irish, so um, Hot Priest. Fleabag Hot Priest. Fleabag Hot oh, Priest is Andrew, good. Um, A young Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott, yeah. Andrew Scott, Andrew yeah. Scott.
0: Uh-oh, I'm Googling Irish actors. Watch out. Oh, Colin Farrell. Is, yeah, Saoirse Ronan.
3: I was thinking Saoirse Ronan only because I have a crush on her.
0: <laughs> do, do you reckon like it'd be like a she's the man style thing where she'd be like uh-huh. like playing the like like the indie kid like lead guitarist? No girls ever played drums. <laughs> you can't join the band. Yes. Like, oh, cut the hair
1: short like Mulan.
0: <laughs> oh. Yes. Chris O'Dowd could be the manager. Yeah,
1: yep. I could
0: see that working.
1: Yeah, he's not going to be in the band. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Not Chris um, O'Dowd.
0: One of their dads can be played by either Liam Neeson or Pierce Brosnan. There we go. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we're
1: setting this up. N- non-conventional it's- family, uh, both. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, oh. And, oh my god! And, but they're still disapproving of the rock lifestyle, even though queer parents are traditionally displayed as very progressive and open-minded. Mm. Yeah, that's what's so, showing. Yeah,
1: that's what's so progressive about this film. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break the
3: barrier by showing queer people in a negative
1: light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! This film. Let's sucks. get Daniel Day Lewis in. Let's uh, let's unretire Daniel Day Lewis. Do you reckon we could method act him into becoming like? No, I'm I'm the lead singer of the band Ash.
1: No, that he actually would become. I'm an Ash man.
0: Uh, I'm an Ash man. (laughs) I play your bass.
2: It'd be weird because for him, Ash
3: would be a real band in his history. After that, they would become a real band. Is the the issue? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: yeah. So it can't be him. No. We'll put him on the backburner. I just saw (laughs) I just saw Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, true. Mm. Yeah. I want him in everything because the way he overacts (laughs) just gives me life. (laughs)
0: It's a very old band.
1: Like, <laughs> <a> very <laughs> <other> band. <laughs> Where are the like, young, you upcoming Irish actors.
0: I know, right? Ireland, <laughs> get your shit together. You've given us Saoirse, and that was nice. That was but, nice. you know, we can't make a band out of Graham Norton. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> Graham Norton, fucking Chris O'Dowd, and Michael Fassbender. Yes, we can. That's it. Actually, Michael Fassbender was in um Frank. Yeah. That, re- that was a mm. really good movie it So he, He's played a musician before He could do it again
3: mm. Okay He still wears the mask though <laughs> <laughs> So obviously There's a lot to discuss About this song Because yeah, we've been I riffing On Irish know. casting For a while I think um, it's
2: probably Maybe it's the best Ash song we've talked about <laughs> Like, I I can't remember how it goes But I
0: remember it being very fun Look, out of the four I would say Goldfinger is probably my favourite But is that one of their songs? It was the first song we talked about
2: Wow, Are you thinking about the Goldfinger song?
0: Yes yes. Yes. I'm thinking about Dame Shirley Bassey (laughs) No, I meant the
2: the band Goldfinger No, no, no
0: Ash literally have a song called Goldfinger And we've literally talked about
1: it We can all agree that the Hottest 100 has had too many Goldfingers
0: Yeah (laughs) Goal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see? Um, yeah.
3: This sounds like a watered down Pennywise. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Oh yeah, okay. I can see
2: the kind of, there's like, so
3: like a skate punk tempo yeah. to it. Um, I think maybe if we f- if I found this when I was like 14, maybe. But I found Pennywise when I was 14. I
1: don't love Pennywise. So <laughs> You know what this sounded like to me? It sounded like a regurgitator song if they were not being ironic. Oh, okay. Not that, you know, like regurgitate. Well, regurgitate just have a certain quality to their sound. Mm -hmm. That's a bit weird. It's like a less weird, less ironic regurgitator.
0: It's weird because like, I always feel like Boy Who Cried Wolf whenever I talk about liking Ash because we've never talked about like any of my favorite Ash songs. (laughs) If I showed you guys like Clones or Orpheus or Girl From Mars or anything. Yeah, these songs fucking bump. Oh, they didn't get voted in? Oh, sick. What did get voted in? Oh, the ones I'm kind of, eh, about? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That, that makes sense. That makes total sense. <laughs> ben, Baby, burn is nice enough. It's perfectly inoffensive. It's definitely not one of my go-to Ash songs. I know why it is for certain people. You can get it without not necessarily... Liking
2: it heaps. Mm. Is it? Oh, hang on, yeah, that might as it. well be. I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> no, that's yeah. I, I'm just trying to save my family. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is this is even funny
0: because like we've got the the song. We're listening to actually this. Actually, starting, starting to sound like Hawaii Five-0 <laughs> Oh yeah. Are Sorry, you, parents. You, you're thinking of Hawaii Five-0 <laughs> Okay. again <laughs> <laughs> Oh god now I just want to watch that video of that kid around the the in the music class that's like lined up all the drums from like <laughs> smallest to largest like <laughs> doing the full like <laughs> highway 50 <five-oh laughs> drum fill
1: oh so good Yeah
0: oh. What's your
1: favorite drum fill? We'll talk about it Literally, next episode.
0: Fantastic! Wow! Oh mm. boy! That was a good setup. Forward mm. sell.
1: Yeah. Forward sell. Had that ready to go.
0: Hell yeah, baby! At number sixty-four, this is the White Stripes with Hotel Robert. by
2: Ash. I'm sure you understand. It's the White Stripes. We've got to move on.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. The, maybe we should say it quick. No, I think it's fine. No. I mean, that was a terrible goodbye. It would sound
2: insincere if, you
1: know. I was watching.
0: Stripes making their debut in the Triple J Hottest 100, coming in at number 64 with the song Hotel Yorba from the album White Blood so Andrew. David, holy fuck.
1: Yeah. I love this song oh. so goddamn <laughs> much. Yeah, baby. You know what this feels like? It feels mm. like that we've been at a party for ages and like our best friends have just yeah. arrived.
2: My God, they're like... <laughs>
1: Meg and Jack are here. I didn't think they were coming. Yeah, they're yeah. Here. They're,
3: The White Stripes rule so hard. That mm. is one of the most spectacular, all too brief discographies in like late 20th century, early 21st century it, rock it's music. It's six
0: albums? Yeah. Yeah, which is still pretty good, yeah. all things considered.
3: This is their third record from the yes. third record, White Blood Cells, which is my favourite White Stripes record. Mm-hmm. This is not the most accurate introduction to what the White Stripes <laughs> sound like. I love that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But, but in a way, in, in a way that, <laughs> the, having an inaccurate introduction to the White Stripes mm. in such a way is probably a great thing for the White Stripes as well. Yeah. Because you say about a, a, a brief discography, six, you know, is 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 fairly standard, but I think the beauty of the White Stripes, and they were especially showing this towards the tail end of their career as well, is this is a band that could have gone anywhere. Yeah.
0: And they, di- uh, they often did. Mm. Yeah, because um, of the very nature
1: of them.
3: Yes, this fucking, like, goddamn rollicking rip-roaring, like, sounds like an acoustic guitar in a wooden box, folky punk rock garage song that with, like, just these utterly dorky, sweet as hell lyrics, just about, like, the, the Hotel Yorba is a real hotel in Detroit.
1: And you can't go there anymore. Yeah.
3: Um Also, <laughs> um the, there's one Yahoo travel review that I saw that just had all, was just all caps. Do not try this place. <laughs> 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 um Oh <laughs> they got inside his vacancy. Exactly. We obviously will, we'll talk about the White Stripes more times in the future, obviously. Yes,
0: indeed. Yeah. Quite a bit. I think at least one song off every one of their albums
1: from here on from out. Here on in, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's so good that they could join us. Yeah.
0: Oh, so,
3: absolutely. so the party got
1: so much better.
3: Yeah. Jack White, um, his projects are outside of the White Stripes and mm. now his present-day solo career. Mm. None, none of them to me are as are preferable to the White Stripes, but there's always something interesting. That he does i love limitations in bands so much whether they be a practical limitation like you're poor or don't have the right recording equipment or self-imposed say with um one of my favorite recent hip-hop records uh the first clipping record which is just c l p p n g where david diggs the rapper limited himself by never using personal pronouns which is very interesting from uh in hip-hop or in the case of the White Stripes, the fact that there is just two of the motherfuckers. Yes. Um, yeah. And there are times where... And this is something that, like, Jack has spoken about this, like the philosophy with the White Stripes, there's only ever three things. That's why the, their colour scheme is always red, black, and white as well. There's only ever three things. In this case, guitar, drums, and vocals. In other tracks, it's, it's piano. The limitations that the White Stripes ha- have given themselves, and also the fact that, like, people are often... Derisive of Meg's drumming. But Mm. that's such a fucking important part to the white stripes. She just does these four on the floor fucking beats and yeah. yeah. How
0: how boring would the white stripes sound with like a like a quote unquote good drummer? Yeah. You know, with like actual like like proper fills Fills and all that sort of stuff. No, fucking give me that. Yeah. Well, this is
1: it, and and like you you talk about limitations, but it goes beyond just the the number of things that they use. Jack famously picking up the cheapest guitar mm. and amplifier that he can possibly find, yeah, and that's what I'm using. I've heard stories, I, and this could be apocryphal, but I could believe it mm. of him raising the action on his guitar, which means the gap of how much space there is between the string and the fretboard, meaning he has to work harder Mm. to just do the basic mechanical operations of the guitar. He has a famous quote where he's saying that if I have to be on stage moving between instruments and I know that I have enough time to go from the guitar to the piano in three steps, I'm putting the piano four steps away. Mm. And this idea of effort and Meg White's drumming, he talks about the very first time that he saw Meg play the drums and he says she sat down at the drums and she sort of played like a child because she'd never played the drums before and it seemed to be something that was really interesting right off the bat and I was obsessed with it and I didn't want it to change and I didn't want her to practice. I wanted her to stay childlike. Mm. And so there is another limitation that you're dealing with someone who has but you turn everything that would set you back into something that sets you forward and makes you stand out and that is the the philosophy of the White Stripes and why they're so wonderful and it's also extended further into like this realm of fantasy, right? Yeah. Because the white stripes had this had this other side that and this other dimension that they operated in, which was that they were walking around saying that they were brother and sister. Mm. This is you know, and they were saying these these tall tales, never being interviewed separately. Which is yeah. very important. Um because I think they you know they they so wanted to keep this this fantasy and this and this image of what the band was alive. And him saying, you know, we were the youngest of 10 children and we were, you know, this all, it's throwing this out everywhere and making the band absolutely larger than life. So, what I think that really does is so beautiful is the band themselves are operating on this childlike level and they're encouraging us to come with them yeah. and be childlike as well and to believe in something fantastical. That's also
0: testament to the range of influence that uh, White Stripes had because obviously the character Borat uh, was uh, based two of his key uh, catchphrases off this uh, very sentiment which is uh, she is my sister and uh,
1: my wife. Because that was the thing because Meg was actually his wife wife and partner and not his sister. And and
0: they put out six albums that you could all describe as very
1: nice. <laughs> even, even the name The White Stripes was, you know, it's like, well, Meg loved peppermints and yeah. we wanted to call ourselves The Peppermints, but instead we called ourselves The White Stripes. It's
2: it all very like traditional Southern American, like little bit gothic, little bit folk, like all that kind of but thing.
0: Yeah. travelling yeah. snake oil salesman. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, roll on no, out. this is me and my sister, you know? yeah, <laughs> My sister thanks you and I thank you was how they would end every show. Yeah, <laughs> Jack literally, before he was a musician, was an upholsterer.
1: Yeah right. and he he studies taxidermy.
0: Yeah, and he was literally in a band called The Upholsterers with a guy he worked with. And he
1: originally played drums. That's right. And he describes that as being really liberating and and saying like drums as an instrument is the best instrument to to like open you up. Mm. Yeah, and it's like from there it's like I was you know and then then he experimentation.
0: That's that and he came back to playing that in the Dead Weather. So he's the drummer yeah. in the Deadway. Well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am just so drawn to the folklore of this band. That's like, right. and you were just so connected to the music and the story and like this is uh, such a like a a simple trashy like swashbuckling kind <laughs> of song. Mm. You wouldn't want it to sound like anything else, you know? Mm. It's just it's so endearing and rousing and I think that's why it has remained like such a staple of, like, Jack White's discography. It's even come up playing as Jack White. You know, Mm. he's played it a couple times. Still a song that kind of connects with people and still means a lot to people. And it's like, yeah, it's very, very easy to see why. It's just a a very
1: sweet and endearing and lovely song. Why this is a great introduction to The White Stripes and why it's worth talking about The White Stripes in relation to Hotel Yorba, because I think this song really does capture a couple of things. Number one is the out-of-control we're worried that the wheels yeah, are going to fall <laughs> off yeah. in any fucking cuz we t- you know it, we talked about how boring it was when a song is too under control a couple of episodes back well the white stripes are your pristine example for the other thing the other end of that spectrum yeah. where this is this is how exciting things are when it sounds like anything could go wrong at any moment and mm. it's teetering on that edge that, that's where but, they live but
2: then still um held together by that that traveling salesman kind of showmanship Of Jack White, that like you're acting as if everything's great the whole time. That like there's that charisma that just kind of binds this ramshackle cart together. That you're like, okay, I think we're about to collapse, but this guy seems very confident, so I guess we're all right.
3: There's something about this song that like I know that they're so simple, but I fucking love the lyrics in this song. They're just so fucking endearing. Like when like the him like, it might sound silly for me to think childish thoughts like these, but I'm so tired of acting tough and I'm going to do what I please. It's just like,
0: hell so, yeah.
1: It's just so fucking sweet, man. Yeah. Which leads me exactly to the next point, which is just like, this is, you know, we talk about the childlike importance and, well, there it is. It's, mm. it's, it's right there. And I think that the White Stripes have a very special place in, you know, the garage revival scene that happened in this time, but also the indie rock scene. And they. I think they gave license for for bands to really play with image mm. and to really go to these fantastical places as well. But they also, this childlike, which is very different to child-ish, yeah. but this childlike wonder that they tried to imbue with people, I think that was also picked up on on many other indie bands around the similar time. I think Animal Collective in particular, mm. for example, were definitely trying to create yeah. that same sense of discovery and wonder Arcade Fire as well, I think you could say. To a certain mm. degree. Abs, abs, I, I really think that you, you look at the themes and it's either a reflection upon Innocence Lost or it's a it's a trying to earnestly and sincerely recapture that innocence and that yeah. childlike wonder. I think that is a, a a coherent and running thread throughout a lot of indie music in yeah. the early 2000s.
0: Well, it's a blessing and a curse thing as well because like, after this... Every single two-piece band is just like, oh, see so you, the White Stripes. Mm. The next big band to to break a, that was a two-piece was the Black Keys, mm. and they were just like, oh, so like you're from a working-class town sort of area, and also you're indebted to like blues music, and also there's a color in your name, so like yeah. obviously you guys, brother and sister, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dan and Patrick and brother and sister, yeah, absolutely. Or
2: are they husband and (laughs)
0: wife? Turns out they were married the whole time. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) So weirdly, uh, Pat Carney is married to Michelle Branch, as in the pop singer. He also wrote the Bojack theme song Mm, uh, with his uncle Ralph Carney. So yeah,
1: some. Fun, fun little Pat Carney show. Like his uncle, some real LMFAO action. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah! Finally, another
2: nephew uncle music yeah. pairing. <laughs>
3: LMFAO I'm actually husband and wife.
0: So. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Wait. But yeah, like when they came out, it's just like, oh, so you guys are like the the white stripes are like no, <laughs> and every fucking two piece band like had to live with that unless they were like you know like the presets or something mm, where it was obviously mm. not a parallel, but like any guitar and drums duo. It's just like, oh, yeah, so you guys just want to be the White Stripes.
1: And the reason that Jack White can never go to the Hotel Bar is because of the film clip to this song, which he did not have permission to shoot (laughs) at the Hotel Bar. Great. And that's what they tried to do.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad the White Stripes are here. I can't wait to talk about them again. Oh,
1: they are not going
0: anywhere anytime soon, my friend. Side
3: note, the record this is from, White Blood Cells, one of the strongest side A's in rock music. Like, that is back-to-back Killer fucking tunes. What a great album. I'll yeah, it later. Sick, We've right? been absolutely
1: <laughs> loving hearing people saying that they've been listening to albums from the first time um, after they've been popping up in this countdown. If you're looking for more of that action, yeah, if- White Blood Cells. And yep.
0: some advanced listening from that. <laughs> it's, it's the same record, but also not. Have you guys heard of Red Blood Cells? No. So there's a guy called Steve McDonald. Uh, he's the bass player in the band Red Cross. Mm. Uh, he now also plays bass in the Melvins. He was obsessed with the White Blood Cells record to the point where he made his own bootleg version called Red Blood Cells, R-E-D-D, to allude to him being from Red Cross, which also is spelt with two Ds. And he added bass tracks to every song on the album. Huh. And it sounds sick.
2: I, for a second, I thought that Red Blood Cells was going to be Danger Mouse mixing up White Stripes oh, and Simply
0: Red. <laughs> oh, that would be sick. No. At number 63, this is Alex Lloyd with Downtown. the once and future king of the triple j hottest 100 coming in at number 63 in the 2001 countdown that is the song downtown it is i believe the second or third single from his solo album watching angels mend what happened to them what happened to him
1: no the angels. angels
0: oh well they were fallen angels no, it, they're, oh, they're, they're the ones doing the
3: mending. Like They're they like fixing oh. a house. It, it
1: could be the other way around though. Mm. Mm. That's clever. Well, just doing a bit of DIY. <laughs> 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 all the, yeah, all these angels walking around. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought the angels were, you know, convalescing. Having mm-hmm. a bit of a a rest. Potentially. Too much UFC for those angels.
0: So- I've introduced a, a phrase to this podcast that uh, has come up a fair bit in. It, it, it existed prior to this podcast existing, but you know. Oh, wow wow wow, 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 uh, wow. Look, I, I know, I know. Some things exist outside of the podcast, and that's fine. We don't talk um, about them. I know, that's true. Don't give yeah. them credit. <laughs> the phrase is showing your ass. Showing your ass is when you preface something by going, um, show my ass a bit here, but. And then you admit to something. That may potentially be embarrassing or uncool or lame or whatever. Were you we about to see your downtown? I'm showing my ass, folks. I fucking love watching Angels Mend. It is one of my favorite fucking albums from this entire era because this was another album that my cousins burnt for me. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought your cousins were cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, they were. They listened to Triple J. And uh, I'll tell you who was getting played on Triple J a lot in the early 2000s was
1: one A-Lloyd. Lest we forget that uh, Black the Sun was voted uh, just nary a year prior Mm. as uh, the favourite album of Triple J listeners.
0: That's right, Yes. So we talked about the song Lucky Star from that Mm. record. That was his debut solo record after leaving the band Mother Hubbard. Lucky Mother Hubbard. (laughs) 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 Well, they broke up, you know. <laughs> I have a lot of sentimental attachment to this record. Not just the obvious songs, including one particular song that will come up again at a, at a later point in this countdown. Perhaps the latest point in this, in this season. But for whatever reason, yeah, like this record has just always stuck with me. I feel like this was the, the start and also kind of the end of Alex Lloyd finding his niche as a solo artist, it's a mix of acoustic, like folk rock, but also an interesting mix of production, a really kind of multifaceted approach that would incorporate rockier elements and poppier elements that would create this little bubble that Watching Angels Mend exists in. And Downtown is a great example. Like, I love the chordal shifts on this track it goes to these different sort of moods it's all about the journey of the song which is fitting considering the what the song is alluding to i feel like there's so many cool interesting moving parts on this record yeah, I, I just feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Ultimately, as a songwriter, as an arranger, even as a singer, like I, uh, I can understand why people would find his voice annoying. But it, like, I love the the multi-tracking and the vocals and the harmonies and just how he can create a little melody that will just kind of ring in your head. Like, yeah, there's just some cool stuff in here. Also, uh, there is a really bizarre but also kind of very endearing music video for this song. Uh, in which, yeah, Alex Lloyd uh, plays a cabbie, but he doesn't play himself. Uh, he he played by a puppet. It's just a very cute video where like this couple are like arguing the backseat, and they just get distracted from the arguing because Alex Lloyd is singing along to himself on the radio. So like I have that attachment to this song as well. I'm fully aware that. None of you have heard this song before because this was not like... I feel like most people would consider him a one-hit wonder. 100% they would. Absolutely. Absolutely Mm. they would. But yeah, like some other one-hit wonders, you know, like Semisonic or something like that, I would argue that they're... Or even like Marcy Playground, you know, like artists that we've talked about that are famous for one song, I'm just like, sure, they're famous for that one song, but... I feel like there's a little bit below the surface that is worth exploring and investigating. And I showing my ass and positing that it's been out
1: this whole time. <laughs> it has been out this
0: whole goddamn time, it's baby. Cold, I've been man. twerking on these haters because I dig Alex Lloyd, man. Like at least at this period of his career, love this record, and I think Downtown is one of the strongest songs from it. So with that in mind, I'm gonna put my ass away and allow the civilised folk to uh, tear the song apart if they so choose. <laughs> I will say, I do think this is the best Alex Lloyd
3: song I've ever heard. Okay. Yeah, I think comfortably. Having said that, I forgot I was into it halfway through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, yep, yep. it's
2: a
3: very gentle
2: song. There are places for gentle songs. Yeah, the, the chorus is a lovely melody or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's fairly... Forget- I'm not... It doesn't make me excited about exploring it or more. Um but it, like but it's nice enough like I don't think it's
3: a bad song at all. I remember it as well as I remember the Ash song. So. I remember it more than the Ash song. Right. Mm. I could I could save my family
2: with this song. <laughs> if I, had I, I couldn't sorry yeah. mom. Go ahead. Put a gun to my family. <laughs> I'll save
1: them. I was a little bit surprised to hear you say that the Watching Angels Mend album had more uh, sonic breadth. Because while this kind of does break apart a little bit towards the end and reach a little bit of a crescendo and kind of like get a little bit looser and there's, you know, a little bit more texture than you have just a a dude and a guitar towards the end of the song, which is, by the way, what I enjoy most about this song is that that the the end point that it arrives at, I still think that this is very much rooted in that singer-songwriter kind of territory. Yeah. So I was surprised to hear that the album kind of had more to deliver than that. The downtown hook for the chorus is a bit of an earworm. It'll mm. get you. That's the thing that'll save your family. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, like, I do find it pretty hard to get excited about this song. And given the choice, I would listen to Petula Clark's Downtown far, yeah. far more. But would you? She right, goes hard.
0: Would you listen to uh, Macklemore's? <laughs> Ryan Lewis? <laughs> I would. I'd rather <laughs>
1: listen to the fucking Macklemore. Version. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> I guess
2: the problem is if I'm listening to this, mm. I can. Listen to not anything, be you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I listen to this, I could put another track on. <laughs> yeah, I still would exactly. still, still the same. I could forget that I'm listening to music and put a CD on. <laughs> <laughs> like I will start, start a TV show. Oh shit! The music was still <laughs> yeah.
0: Hats on, motherfuckers! At number 62, it's a return of Jamiro Choir with you. Give me something. Let's go. I met you. You were so unique. You had a little thing I'd love to keep. And every move carried much mystery. I knew right then I'd
1: carry on to you. I knew my heart belongs to you. You give me something.
0: Jamiroquai coming back in at number 62 in the 2001 Hottest 100 with one of their biggest hits. You give me something. We're throwing to our resident Jamiroquai fanatic. <laughs> it's true. He's got, the, he's got the alien dude tattooed on him. That's he true. won't tell us well. Nathan <laughs> Harrison. Give it to him. Mm. Talk to the people. Alright, so this is a song we all know
2: quite well, Mm. I'd imagine Intimately From the fifth Jamiroquai album, A Funk Odyssey Hell yeah Um, Do do you reckon
3: he's into funk and odysseys? Well yeah, it's a
2: concept album about him coming back from war over 10 years um, Visiting various islands and all his bandmates die Yeah, Um,
0: (laughs) Who were all played by Daniel Day-Lewis
2: Yeah, Mm. and then when he gets home, everyone thinks that he died on the trip Mm. back from the war so they've given his cars away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, yeah, good recollection. Bring it, bringing it back to JK. J- JK has a, has an extensive car collection.
3: When when he is travelling, uh, his hat starts to break and he rebuilds it. <laughs> As he's going Is and that a different is that, It is a different is, one Isn't it yeah, that? okay. That's, the that's,
2: that's Theseus.
0: This. Theseus Is Theseus part of He might be I don't know yeah. Does anyone know JK's had no. a sentient Like in Super <laughs> Mario Odyssey It's got little eyes on it And can talk and oh, shit that would be good Yeah I <laughs> What were you gonna what say are you,
2: What were you, you possibly, possibly going to say <laughs> My brain caught up To the fact that I was about to say I'd play that game <laughs> <laughs> which is a super Mario Odyssey. Jim but Mario with JK. <laughs> I thought you
3: were gonna say, I'd buy that hat. <laughs> <laughs> like the Mario hat, or is it how I guess it's like one of Jimmy Ruquai's hats but with googly but eyes. With googly yeah. eyes. <laughs> you, you can't <laughs> throw it and do Mario Odyssey shit. Or okay. well, maybe you can, I couldn't. <laughs> I'd I'd try. <laughs> Just once <laughs> when no one was looking I'd I'd be
2: like no, no, of course. <laughs> of, course <laughs> it of course it didn't. Of course. <laughs> it's fine. it would have to check once. <laughs> You'd have to check once. Because <laughs> yeah. imagine if, if, if... it did... Imagine on your deathbed, <laughs> you somehow, like someone else did it, and it turned out the whole time... <laughs> oh, God damn it. The whole time you had a Magic Mario hat, but yeah. you... You were too scared, yeah. to try it. The
3: risk-benefit analysis exactly. that you do. <laughs> the worst that's <laughs> going happen, you picking up a hat. <laughs> it's just for
2: us. So I don't know if Theseus was part of the Odyssey. No. Is <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is very this is very fun. I don't think you know. Um, I don't need to explain what this song is to anybody. Yeah.
1: If you've heard other Jimi it's, it's still that. It well, sounds it. like Jamiroquai. And so,
2: yeah. I, so I guess my my question here is like with, you know, Jamiroquai have been doing stuff for a while now. This this is a little bit of a shift. It's a little bit more electronic maybe. Kind of, yeah. But But with certain other bands, particularly from France, doing the kind of neo-disco thing in a much bigger way, we'll talk about some Which, of those bands <laughs> soon. My question is kind of like does this start to feel a bit more like Overtly like cafe core Even like co- like corporate not There's something Watching the video is just very like This feels like the version that, of, of this music That a bank will put on an ad or whatever
1: Whoa, okay You know what? But I think the song is It can withstand it Yeah, right And it doesn't withstand it in memory I think this is an important distinction to make Because in my head Jamiroquai a daggy as hell Except, mm. except for any single minute that they're on. <laughs> in which case they are the coolest goddamn band. In the, it's That's just how it is. That's just yeah. it. Even even now, talking about them, this is hard to say because I'm not directly listening to them. <laughs> yeah. Either you're wearing the hat or you're not wearing the hat. Yeah. But when that hat is on, on. Jamiroquai is dancing all over the labels of either Daggy or Cool and it does not matter.
2: It's great watching the video because you just get to watch JK B.J.K. JK. Yeah.
1: Steal some kid's skateboard. And he
2: nails that skateboard, man. Yeah, like, he, he, he
1: can skate. He can, and just, yeah. it's, it's a good time to just bring up again, because we talked about this in the past, that, that JK is just the most interesting goddamn person that has ever been. Very red- weird guy. So, because, you know, like just rolling through some plot, we talked about this probably the first time we talked about Jimmy Require when we first discovered it, but like how he had like... A twin brother who only lived six weeks. Oh, I, don't remember that. Yeah, oh. I don't remember that at all. But, but, like, already it sounds like we're talking about a fictional character. Yeah. And then he was like, he went to prison for a while. He, he was homeless for a little while. His mum was a famous jazz singer. He um, was like, spent so much time in the back of cars, either from out of desperation or whatever, that that's part of the reason why he collects cars now. Whoa. He is a, He is legitimately one of the most interesting goddamn people. <laughs> And he always wore hats. He didn't just do it for the, yeah, right. you know, it was just like it a Bane like situation.
2: One of, you know, he has three things, which is <laughs> funk hats and cars. Mm. And he's all in on those three things.
1: Hey, the yeah. White Stripes had three things, man. It's it's worked, worked for them. Jamiroquai have a parallel with Bush
0: in that it took me ages to realize, oh, fuck, they're English. <laughs> like, because yeah. like. Yeah. Hey baby, I got an American accent when I'm singing, and then he's like, "Hello, I'm from Jamiroquai." So it's like, "The fuck you are? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy?"
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Super fun bass, like, like oh, you- man, everything is just
1: a- listen. Uh, like, I'm not going to set it as official homework, but if someone was inclined to listen to a Funk Odyssey, all I'm saying is you're going to have a really good time. You're yeah. just going to have... Cause, and, like, honestly, this song is part Isn't of it as song well. song
2: about the Cyclops
1: With, <laughs> and... I'm uh, not.
2: It's all right. The,
1: the witch, uh, Cersei.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. She's in. Yeah. She, yeah. are yeah. thinking oh. of Game of
1: Thrones. <laughs> yeah. you are thinking of Game of Thrones. All of Jimmy and songs are so great because they're never grounded. They're the most... It's, it's just totally ungrounded. It's about feelings that make you completely ungrounded. And, and it's always, you know probably some level of infatuation and here it's kind of to me it's like the simmering kind of infatuation where you're trying to keep a lid on just how excited you are about about someone. So it's like yeah. simmering mm. away but you're afraid to kind of tell anyone about it or kind of mm. like vocalise about it too much because it'll, you, you fear that it'll, the spell will break it'll kind of like disappear. So it's just got this wonderful kind of like groovy internal kind of quality that's a little bit laid back. Other Jimmy Request songs are bigger than this and they're dancier than this yeah. but this is just a nice little withheld private groove. That you kinda carry with you. And it's like, man, like I just have too much goddamn fun whenever Jamiroquai's on. The whole thing is just hooky
3: as hell. Like everything is a hook. Yeah. 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 It's catchy, it's funk, it's it's like it 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 sounds like a Jamiroquai song. And if you like Jamiroquai songs, (laughs) you'll like it. That's That's simple. Yeah, yeah. That's it. They know what they're fucking doing and they do it and that's that.
2: Um, I've got a, a YouTube comment that I would I would love to read Always. out under the video Always. for this song. Share with the class. This comes from Ryan. Hey uh, Ryan, from two years ago. This album meant a lot to me. I was living in Vegas doing Blue Man Group. I had lost my will to work, and my mind was slipping. I felt like I felt my life drooping like a Dali painting with clocks. Then I got this CD from the store. They still had CDs back then. I don't know if they do anymore. But (laughs) No, keep going, it's very good But as soon as I heard songs like this And Love Philosophy I just felt some kind of positive force Go through my soul This music represented a fresh air to my spirit When it had become deadened Through drugs and stultifying Vegas routine I never saw this video at the time But it's great I love the dancers and the roller skaters Love Jamiroquai
1: Hell yeah I have a big question about Doing the blue band group group. (laughs)
3: I was in Vegas.
2: Doing
1: doing it was the way you
2: fucking said it as well. <laughs> but there's no dirt, yeah, It's just I was in Vegas doing Blue Man Group. Yeah.
1: Well, thank, thanks for writing in, Ryan. Yeah, thanks thanks for listening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If I that think. is your real name, <laughs> could, be, could be concealing his identity. He's Nom de Blue. <laughs> God damn it! Oh man, what a fucking joy this song is. It almost gets like post ironic, of just like, oh yeah, how fucking cool Jamiroquai, right? And then the second that they're on, you're just like, should we get matching alien guy tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. Jamiroquai, man, what the fuck? Yep. How did they come up with this shit?
2: They're almost like the friend who will. Go on the dance floor first And dance in a really stupid way And then everyone's just like Oh yeah Let's just whatever You know It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah.
0: They are They are a tension breaker Yeah There's no tension In Jamiroquai's music It is a very special something That they are giving you I will say that very much Here's a forward sell This song gets in next year Hell yeah <laughs> And it's higher <laughs> That's so good Aging like a
2: fine wine yeah. <laughs> oh, you love keep this do. going We could get number one
0: <laughs> <laughs> If these trends continue to rise yeah. At number 61 This is Daft Punk With
1: One
2: more time
0: Daft Punk here. making their return to the Triple J Hotest 100 coming in at number 61 with one more time. The opening track and the lead single... From their second studio album, *Discovery*.
1: Adam, wow, 2001 got some good albums, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. This is—it's very, very special to be talking about *Discovery* and to be talking about Daft Punk, especially now. Oh yeah, know?
0: some some shit went down in between us talking about them.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. mainly
0: that they uh, did nothing for eight years and then were just <laughs> like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> We're going to formalise our not doing anything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it still hit.
0: It really did, yeah. didn't it?
1: Partially because the last thing that they gave us, Random Access Memories, whipped. Yeah. It, was a, it was a really great album, very different to anything that they'd done before. Mm. But also the legacy that Daft Punk has left us. It's just some very, very special stuff. And if you're looking for an example of that, if you don't know Daft Punk, then this is absolutely maybe a pinnacle of that. Okay. So we've talked about one track... From homework, we talked about Da Funk. Da Funk. So, touching upon that, but we are in a completely different era for Daft Punk now. We are talking about the 2001 album Discovery, which it wasn't a stroke situation where people weren't going absolutely gangbusters for it, not universally, but it mm. has since come to be regarded as an absolute landmark album. yeah, Genre regardless. Whereas they said that Homework was a raw electronic album, there was a completely different ethos when it came to making Discovery. Uh, They said that they wanted to set out to explore song structures and musical forms a lot more. But more than that, they were trying to make an album that was a reflection of their childhood memories when they listened to music from a more playful and innocent viewpoint, as a quote from them. But particularly to make these ideas seem like they were new again, to take these old musical ideas and to and to transpose them into an album where it seemed like they were fresh and it reminded of them discovering music. Mm. So in that way, it reminds me, and this is a very obscure link to draw, there is this book from 1981 by a guy called Luigi Serafini called The Codex Serafinianus. And this is a, if you if you look it up and you look at the pictures, it's like, These completely surreal, nonsensical kind of encyclopedia drawings, because what this guy was trying to do was capture the feeling for an adult of what it was like to open an encyclopedia before you knew anything about the world. So there's all these completely nonsensical drawings, illustrations of things that you kind of know, you kind of recognize, but completely recontextualize. That's beautiful. And so this is the music version of that. This is what they were doing with with Discovery. And also tying into that childhood wonder and love, because they also loved anime when they were younger, they commissioned their very own accompanying anime film by a guy, uh, an anime artist called Leiji Matsumoto. And it was called Interstellar five 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 five. The story of the secret star system, and that's that, that's a whole anime film which I haven't seen. I've, I mean, I've seen pieces of it because that's what they use for the film clips. You know? <laughs> I
0: was I was literally thinking we were going to have to fucking like explain all of the one more time video, like we had uh. to explain the, the starlight <laughs> video.
1: Yeah, but they did a whole it's for the entire Discovery album. You can you can track that down if you haven't seen that as well. So, just a couple more facts about this song in particular. This was one that they actually wrote in nineteen ninety eight. And, and it only eventually saw its release in, in, uh, in November in 2000 and in their words it provided the link between homework and discovery mm. uh, the vocals are provided by a guy called Ram Anthony. he's a US singer DJ and producer, he died in 2013 at the age of 45, so rest in power and the sample from the song, which I think we'll get into a little bit more later on mm. is uh, a song called More Spell on You by Eddie Johns from 1979 <laughs> So I first discovered this song myself, fittingly, as a kid, before I knew that much about music. Yeah. Number one, there's a brilliant reflection in the, <laughs> the mission that Daft Punk were trying to get across and the context that I, and I imagine a lot of other people kind of have, where you're young enough that this in itself became the music that you were discovering. And from the very beginning, like I, I got that this was a song about celebrating, but there was always something else more to it. I always felt that there was an emotional resonance in this song that was more than just straight out partying. There's something else operating in the background there that kind of undercut what that celebration was. And in coming to talk about this song, I thought a lot more about it. And what I have arrived at is that One More Time isn't just a song about celebrating, but it's about trying to hold on to the feeling of celebration. Mm. One More Time is the command that you make for not wanting to leave that feeling of jubilation. Yeah. It's about repetition in both music and meaning, which is a really really clever thing to explore in regards to electronic music. The futility of trying to capture this this moment that you're that you're lost in forever, which recorded music now allows you to do. If Daft Punk are here exploring what music is and and the connection that it has to us emotionally, I think they've done that in not only form but but also in, in the meaning of the song as well, and I think that, that gains even more pertinence when you look at the fact that Daft Punk as a band have stopped being,
3: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> is you trying to recapture you're trying to recapture something? You're trying to go back and 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 relive something, and I, that's as close as I can get to kind of like unpicking what the emotion of that song is for me. It's a powerful song. It really is for something that is you know produced as a as a piece of electronic pop that works so well as like a radio single Mm. the depths and emotion that it kind of uncovers is truly extraordinary i
3: i don't really have like an emotional resonance with this song it's fucking fun as hell it's obviously like one of their absolute best songs um i'm just in awe of the way after they broke up somebody did a little brief video breakdown of, of where the sample comes from. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, That is like, holy fuck. That's how you made that sample? That's bonkers. It's super fun, but if I try and like pick it apart, what I get is this just like jaw-dropping, like, holy hell, you guys were smart. Mm. Yeah. God, yeah. Just the level of craft. Is, yeah, I've, yeah,
0: I've never seen anything get sampled like that, yeah. you know, in that same way.
3: We'll share that. It's really worth a quick watch. It's absolutely fucking fascinating. What level these goddamn French madmen were operating on. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I do have an emotional connection to this. I didn't really get into Daft Punk during high school, but then in uni I did and I bonded with a lot of people over them. And then so this song, when you talk about like that discovery or whatever, but but it's just like about people, like it's a communal thing as well that it's not, um, you know, so much of Daft Punk you know, you listen to uh, the live album. It's like, it's just like oh, when, once you kind of put this music in the context of a crowd, it sort of makes so much more sense. Mm. Yeah. But I love this. And and I th- listening to this, not that I had to, but in the lead up to talking about it today and listening to the album version, not the single version, just reflecting on the fact of how weirded out I was by the rep- repetition as a kid. And in the album version, the build up towards the end is so long and it just keeps going. But I, I could oh, yes. live in that.
0: Because it's a weird song to dance like dance to isn't it cuz like it just drops out into ambience for like 2 minutes yeah. or something and all you've got is that fucking tambo which i always associate in the visual is the the anime band and the anime <laughs> tambo yeah. just fucking just like just fucking loving it just Stevie Nixing that shit it's beautiful Anime Tambo.
2: Anime Tambo. Beautiful. That really slow build that just keeps going and it kind of hits this point where it's like you get the fun of the music again, but like it just keeps building and building. I could live in that for so yeah. long. Yeah. I love this song so, so much.
0: The spectrum of responses to this song are reflective of how versatile this song is. You can read into it, you can also go, Fuck, this song bumps. How fucking hard does that beat go? How sick does that vocoder sound? Oh, he sounds (laughs) so good. Both are valid and both completely work because that is how the best Daft Punk songs operate. Yeah, everything about this just connects. You're feeling something. They're not a passive band. This is not a passive listening experience, you know what I mean? It is reaching out and saying, are you with me? And you are grabbing it back either as Stereo Steve or as Intellectual Adam and you are saying, (laughs) I
1: am with you. Yeah, Steve does like this song. Oh fucking yeah. yeah, he likes yeah. this song. Yeah, Steve, Steve really is about this.
0: We do come one, one more time though. <laughs> we do come Think one
1: about more time. You do, you do come one more time.
0: <laughs> you get it.
1: I love all the sounds after the words there. We don't stop. Yeah. It's.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Vo- the
1: vocal performance is. It's very. Stellar. Good. Amore.
0: The wavering with the auto tune on it. Like, oh,
2: it's Come the, on. It's such a beautiful interaction Come between on. his performance and what they're doing to it and then how that's fitting in with the rest of the song.
1: There's no better example of, of like, the human element interacting with technology, something that Daft Punk has ha- as a real strong theme, than Vocoder. Mm. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what it is. And, you know, this is at the time that we, again, touching back on the White Stripes. Daft Punk have their own kind of um, theatrical element going on. They've only recently convinced the world that they are... There was a terrible explosion (laughs) when they were making the album and when they woke up, they were, in fact, robots. They were robots. They they just were.
2: (laughs) Brother and brother robots too. They were were actually married. Oh, Uh, right. Yeah.
0: Turns out they were both Daniel (laughs) (laughs) Day-Lewis. Method acting, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: My personal favourite story that I have with this song was meeting Heather Riley from Cry Club for the first time. They came to this gig at Duneside with Jono, who's also in Cry Club. And then we were all in a car heading... I think we were headed to the gong from this show. This song came on... Might have been on the radio, might have been on a playlist or something like that. And we both, like... Instantly. It was like it was like a dog whistle. It was like oh. you know, the second we were in, we were in. And then, you know, in that dropout ambient moment, I had a toy tambourine in my bag. <laughs> so without them noticing, I pulled it out and I started doing it in time and their eyes just bug <laughs> and the, and it was a real like did we just become best friends? <laughs> kind of yeah. Heather has been like a very good friend of mine since and it all started Because of and thanks to one more time.
1: I think if they made another one of the uh, uh, gold records to send up in a space (laughs) for the alien dudes, Mm. they should put this on there.
0: I agree. And then they just be like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we've heard this. (laughs) (laughs) They're one of us. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: We sent them down. There was an
0: explosion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But they were actually married. Are you
3: you giving these... Back to us, <laughs> like, we, we want you to have it.
2: It's
1: yeah. a bop. Do you <laughs> <not> like it?
2: <laughs> we um we don't get to talk about Daft Punk for ages now.
1: Until uh, until
0: 2007,
1: that one. you could have put so many more yeah. songs from Discovery on here. I'm genuinely surprised here. that Harder
0: Better Faster Stronger didn't get in. Yeah, well that's it, right?
1: Suffice to say that again, if you were looking to check out albums from the year 2001, and here's <laughs> some homework: hey. listen to Discovery. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That brings us to the end of another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favorites, our least favorites, and continue that ever-continuing story of carryover champ and carryover chump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off uh, one more time. By Daft Punk is my favourite song of this five and I am going to give it my new champ. Burn Baby Burn by Ash is my least favourite but it is not my new chump.
3: My favourite and new champ, Hotel Yorba. Yay! Hey, um, nice. Uh, least favourite, Alex Lawyer, but again, it's not nearly as bad as the good chumplet. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> get
0: him! Get him! <laughs> Ooh!
3: My uh, favorite
2: and new champ is One More Time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And my least favorite, I think, is.
1: Oh, downtown on Burn Baby Burn. I mean. You sang Downtown to save your family. So it'd be pretty rude if you made that your champ. True.
2: Didn't I remember Burn Baby Burn at the end? are my
0: family okay? <laughs> I think you're
2: going to have to
1: check on him at least.
2: Yeah, all right. Ash, least favorite. <laughs> but I'll keep good Charlotte as my chump. Yeah. Chump. Yeah.
1: Um. Yep My Champ My new champ Want to celebrate mm-hmm. Is one more time Damn right Yeah Yeah And uh, My least favourite for this episode Is Alex Lloyd um, I Yeah they're, they're Super high stuff Still retaining it Yeah Still retaining uh, I feel mean Don't Sometimes they you They should feel mean <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know <laughs> On behalf of It's not it? Awesome. Bye a bunch of Bye. And Andrew McDonald. Bye. My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you. <laughs> Sorry, I just imagine. Fucking Snoop Dogg with a fucking bag full of soil. Did somebody say menu log? <laughs> I feel like soil tonight. Like soil tonight.
1: You know how, like, um, they always have, like, the, the, the rhyming thing for menu log? Yeah. I'm just sitting here marking brain. It's like, okay, for soil, it's like uh, blood and bone straight to your home. <laughs> Oh Done. Done. One, three, Ship double, it. one, double, six. Da, 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 dirt and
0: soil. <laughs>
1: do not eat dirt. What?
2: That's uh. weird. There's this, this, this a thing about what to do if your child eats potting mix, <laughs> but there's nothing. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's nothing about is it good for adults too or just children? Chance of dying from eating Like anything with bones in it, probably
1: higher. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What food kills is people? deadliest. <laughs> I'm going to say chicken. Yeah, uncooked chicken.
3: chicken. Yeah, yeah. Is
1: chicken. Is chimkin.
3: Oh, no, it'd be, it'd be fugu. Yeah. That puffer fish. That fugu. Fugu. I don't think enough people
1: oh, eat fugu for yeah, it to true. be considered the world's deadliest. Is that the one deadliest. that Homer eats? Yeah. 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 Fugu, fugu me. Fugu.
2: Yeah. Uh, this list of the seven world's most dangerous foods. Fugu is first. Aki, Aki. fruit. Uh, sanakji? It's a, oh, it's a octopus tentacle. This is
1: just shit you shouldn't eat. And then we get <laughs>
2: elderberries and your mate,
3: rhubarb.
1: Oh, yeah. There's the leaves the of it, yeah.
3: Rhubarb turns out number one, knives.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot to take the knives out of the, <laughs> of the casserole.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Do a party up. I think, oh. I think there's knives in this. <laughs> I think Nathan forgot to take the knives oh, out. Oh my god, are you allergic? I'm so sorry. This is, this is a knife pizza. <laughs> we should have got half an hour. <laughs> like, a, on a menu, like, pizza, like, I don't know, like 14 bucks, brackets plus two for knife free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do a knife free base for you, but yeah, it's two yeah. bucks more. <laughs>
0: Wait a second. Sometimes at Burger Joints, they do bring out burgers with a knife in, in them. They yeah. <laughs> don't
2: mean to. <laughs> <laughs> <It's
0: like>, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh,
2: sorry. Yeah. I'll take it
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a word with the show. <laughs> Knives out. It's my favourite movie, my favourite Radiohead song, <laughs> and my dietary preference.
1: <laughs> can we, Can we go now?